This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Eating processed food for every meal isn't healthy for people or for dogs. We all know that. And kibble is subject to multiple rounds of high heat processing, making an ultra processed food. The farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human-grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. My dog, Barnaby, loves the farmer's dogs. When he sees me pulling one of those packets out, he comes running. It's personalized, vet-developed, and it has recipes for as little as $2 a day. Meals arrive in pre-portion, ready-to-serve packs, and they're conveniently delivered on whatever schedule works for me. Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. That's 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we talk about happiness, the lessons from science, from ancient wisdom, from pop culture, and our own experiences. This week, we'll talk about the fun of going on an errand date and why it's a good idea to fix anything smelly, moldy, or sticky in your home. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. And Elizabeth, the next time we are in the same city, we are definitely going on an errand date together. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And Gretch, right now I have to say it's too hot to do any errands at all in L.A. (laughs) Um, When I got into our car yesterday, it was 122. Oh, my gosh. It did quickly go down to 99, but still, sitting in the hot sun, it got up to 122, so... Heat wave. We'll make a to-do list. That will be our errand <laughs> that we do together. Yeah. Uh, and Elizabeth, also, we got a really interesting email from our listener, Imogene, uh, in response to the discussion in episode 26 about choosing one word or a short phrase to set a theme for the year. I thought this was really interesting. Yeah. Her theme for the year was more music. So she says, um, I'd been thinking for a while about what I did for fun as a child slash teenager and realized it was music and reading through high school especially i played the cello played percussion was in two orchestras a band a choir was in school musicals and formed a string quartet with friends somehow music is something that fell away from my life as i got busy with study work marriage etc my idea for this year was to get more music into my life again here is what i've done so far in practical steps Worked out how to get music onto my phone harder than I expected to be able to listen to music on the bus on the way to and from work. Changed my default radio station in the car and at home to a classical music station. I've been to one concert so far. I've started playing the cello again after an 18-year hiatus. 
She says, playing the cello has been the most challenging and satisfying fun I've had for a while. I still had my cello, but hadn't played it for ages. It is amazing how much came back to me, even after such a long time. And then she also says, on a side note, that she's discovered playing the cello is her own mindfulness kind of meditation equivalent. So I thought that was great. Yeah. And I mean, there's so much that's interesting about that. But the thing that jumps out to me is that sometimes you're really passionate about something and you're like, this could never fall out of my life. But then it does, you know, and then you look back to how you had fun when you were younger and you're like, oh, wait, I could bring that back in. So it's not like you have to rediscover some whole huge new thing. It's been waiting for you. And so she tapped into something that had been in her life for so long. So I thought that was a great way to use a theme for the year to really boost happiness by connecting to something that had been important to her in the past. Yeah. I wonder if anybody else wants to send updates, by the way, on how they're doing with their theme for the year. Um, I'd love to hear those. Yes, absolutely. And Elizabeth, this week, our try this at home tip is to plan an errand date. (laughs) Yes, this came up because um, in episode 75, I um, was talking about how Adam and I went to do a few errands together and it sort of turned into a nice romantic time when we stopped and had a drink at this really lovely hotel in Beverly Hills. And then it gave us the idea that having an errand date with someone is a great way to sort of be productive and <laughs> spend quality time with a loved one. So, you know, the errand date was born. Yes. And it's great because if you look at the happiness research, um, it does show that people tend to feel happier when they're doing things with other people. Um, One study showed whether it was exercising, commuting, doing housework, everything is more fun with more people. And that's not just true for extroverts, but maybe surprising to some people, it's true of introverts as well. And what I thought was funny in this this study was that they reported that out of 15 daily activities, the only one where people were happier alone than with other people was praying. Ah. And to me, I'm like, that's not an exception because the idea of praying, you're not, you're not talking to yourself, you know? Oh, true. So the errand date is a way to capture the fun of company and, like you say, the fact that you have to do errands. So make it more fun. Yeah, it's like turning something horrible. I mean, you and I always talk about how we hate doing errands and we're always trying to avoid doing errands. But if you sort of make it, it's all about reframing, right? So if you reframe it into a date, and that doesn't have to be a date with like, uh, you know, your husband or your boyfriend or girlfriend. It could be with a friend. In fact, I think it's a great way for friends to spend time together. Well, here's the weird thing. When I was in high school, we did errand dates all the time. And I don't know if that was just because we were teenagers who wanted to get out of the house. But it was very common. And also we had a car, so you just swing by and pick somebody up. And it'd be like, hey, I got to go to the mall and buy some shampoo. You want to come with me? And some people like, yeah, I come with you. And then it was just like you just did your errands and and it was fun. Yeah. And what I would say about the errand date is that you know, yes, you can just say, oh, we're just going to do errands and like you go to the gas station, the dry cleaner, you know, the paint <laughs> store. But I do think if you add in a little something fun the way Adam and I did, that's yes. what sort of elevates it into a real, um, you know, kind of memorable day. So like we stopped at that hotel 
but you could go to um, a cafe, you know, and get coffee. You could go to lunch. You could stop even at like some little museum that you've never been to that's in the neighborhood. I mean, just something so that it's not like the only thing you're doing is boring errands. Yeah, the errand date, it has to be like, and then we'll stop by the farmer's market and then we'll go by that bookstore we love. And so there's something about it that makes it, that elevates it from just the sheer productivity of it. Yeah. But also I think that you could have a chore date, mm. which is, um, you know, like you go to a friend's house and like I love to help people clean their closets. And it's like, oh, well, we'll we'll do this chore date together. And then afterwards we'll go out and go to a movie or afterwards we'll go out and have a nice meal. Not as a reward, but just like, oh, it's going to be this whole fun day. And this is part of it. And this other thing is part of it, too. Yeah. I mean, you always hear about people have paint, having uh, painting parties, right? Oh, I've never heard of that. What's that? It's just like if you want to paint your apartment, say you have all your friends over and you get, I mean, this is in your early 20s, I think a big thing, like get pizza and <laughs> beer and yeah. everybody paints. I don't think it's the greatest paint job in the world. Um, <laughs> having myself been, you know, one of the painters at paint parties, but it's a way to get your apartment painted and all it costs you is a couple of pizzas. So I do think this notion has been around for a while, but um, I think we should all like just try it and, and see if we can be both productive and feel like we're having more quality time with the people we love. Well, because we had this, we had an errand date accidentally. It wasn't purposeful. And I think it would have been worked better if we'd even been purposeful about it because um, Jamie and I had to take Eliza to get her passport renewed. And we both had to go because otherwise you have to have like a notarized thing mm. from the parent who's absent and blah, blah, blah. So it's just, I was like, just come with us. It'll be easier. Yes. And, and, yes. and it, we went to the wrong place. So then we ended up having lunch at this hamburger store and Jamie and Eliza were just ecstatic. It was like the best hamburger they ever had. And like this weird part of Kansas City I'd never been to because we ended up there by accident and so it turned into this whole family errand date <laughs> but accidentally but we could have taken that same that same errand and been like hey let's build this into a fun afternoon and kind of plan a little adventure around it instead of being like oh this is this thing that we have to go out of our way and do have it be like oh it's part of this whole little trip that we're going to take yeah so let us know if you go on an errand date or a chore date um, and how it goes. You can reach us at podcast at GretchenRubin.com or leave us a voicemail at 77-HAPPY-336. Or go to HappierCast.com slash 77 for the show notes for this show. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. 
Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. Okay, Elizabeth, now for a happiness hack. And this one comes from our listener, Aaron who in response to our Try This at Home in episode 72, when we talked about the value of having room of one's own, uh, she has a great hack for keeping things orderly and also respecting other people's space. Aaron writes, in college with four roommates, it was always challenging to keep common spaces somewhat tidy because everyone had different ideas of cleanliness. I think this is a very common problem. <laughs> yes, I can speak for my own self, and it was a huge problem, and I was the worst offender, <laughs> uh, as anyone will tell you. We started a system where everyone had a bin near our front door. This way, if someone was cleaning up, items could easily be put into the other person's bin. We also had a fifth mystery bin for when we didn't know which roommate the item belonged to. It definitely helped keep all of us a bit more sane. Um, Gretchen, I think the fifth mystery bin is the key here. <laughs> that makes this, that puts this over the top. Yeah, no, I think this is a great way because it's like you don't have to actually put something away. You just have to put it in their bin. And I just think it would it would allow it's just a quick, easy way to keep things much more orderly if the disorder is making you crazy. And yet you're not running around like picking up after everybody. So thank you, Aaron. I think that's a great happiness hack. OK, Gretch, let's talk about a happiness stumbling block. Yes. Now, this is something I've been thinking a lot about because I'm, I'm writing that little summer book, Outer Order, Inner Calm. And I think a mm -hmm. big stumbling block for people at home is when you have those nasty bits in your house, you know, like the little areas where something's sticky or moldy or covered with crumbs or it's like, mm. you know, the oily toolbox, the soap on the laundry room floor, just like all that gross parts. Yeah, it's like the kind of places where you just try to avert your eyes when you walk by and <laughs> pretend it doesn't exist, um, and yet it nags at you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's just, it's a bad feeling when you're like, you know, I will do everything within my power not to open up the cabinet underneath the kitchen sink. Like, for me, that is the thing. Mm. I have this weird, crazy aversion to the areas under sinks, whether in a bathroom or a kitchen. And I've learned, like, I should really try to keep that pristine because it's such a relief to me when I, because when, mm. eventually you do have to go in there. And then you're like, oh, it's okay. 
it's not it's not gross and slimy and and smelly. Um, it's okay in there. It makes me feel a lot better. Well, I have to say, Gretchen, I can only tell you this because I know Adam isn't going to listen, hopefully, to this episode. <laughs> uh, we Uh-oh. had, before we started our renovation, you know, one of the things we redid uh, or are redoing is our master bathroom. Uh-huh. And I don't know what was going on in there, but we had like <laughs> mold, I guess it was mold or something like bubbling out of oh. the wall. It was so oh. gross. I can't oh. even, it was like, it was like my whole body had chills every time I passed it. And it was like right next to the shower. So, I mean, this was every day, several times a day. And I would just pretend it wasn't there. Um, I would just so, you know, studiously not look at it. Yeah. And then one day I saw that Adam had, thank God, like, scraped it off and gotten rid of it so it still didn't look great but it wasn't like this living thing um <laughs> anyway i'm happy to report that it is now gone because we demoed our entire bathroom and i'm just <laughs> so thrilled that i'll never see that again but so i hear what you're saying it really was a source of of unhappiness to have that just gross thing in our house yeah, and you know this is you know because we had the whole debate about whether whether I should get a dog, and I debated yes. and debated about getting a dog, and I really do have I'm so obsessed with the power of smell, and one thing about if you love smell, you also hate smell, and I'm very sensitive to bad smells, and I re- and I was afraid yeah. that it would just be the source of nasty smells. Like, was he going to smell bad? Was the food going to smell bad? Was you know was it was our house going to smell dirty? Um, that was one thing that really worried me. And I think, you know, people, you do get masses of dog hair or your aquarium water is smelly or your carpet smells, you know, it's, I think pets, you have to pay a lot of attention to your pets and make sure they aren't a source, you know, innocent though they are, um, a source of, of like nastiness in the house. And so have you managed to keep Barnaby from smelling up the place yes we have i think i think we have um and we we pay a lot of attention to it actually and you know this is in in terms of happiness stumbling blocks in life this is a pretty minor thing like you know right but i feel like it's disproportionate like the way you describe you see this thing every day and it's in your house it's close to you and it's just if you fix it you're going to get a disproportionate boost yeah, I think you're right. Like it, it, um, it makes it's your thing of it, outer order, inner calm. It just makes you feel in control to ha- not to have these yeah. sort of bad places. Um, <laughs> um, there have to be horror movies that you know have been inspired by <laughs> by a moldy shower curtain. I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> yes, they're like when the dark place under the sink comes alive. Uh, yes, yeah, I will, I'll never watch that. So yeah, uh, don't even get me started. By the way, on our bathrooms in college, ooh. oh my god, where there were like <laughs> layers of newspaper that were wet. It was truly like a swamp. I not my. I have to say, this wasn't my sweep. This is my friend's sweep, but it was. Um, it was as if they were setting out to have the most disgusting bathroom on campus and succeeded. <laughs> uh, okay, well, deal with it and you will feel so much happier. That is that is the lesson there. I feel inspired to go home and like uh, uh, check underneath. My, search for <laughs> yeah, search, scum. Search for scum, nastiness, stickiness, crumbs. 
jars of honey uh, half opened all that stuff <laughs> oh yeah the sticky jar of honey that that's a perennial Listen, this week, the listener question also touches on sort of a home possessions related issue um, about happiness, um, about uh, sentimental value of, of things. This week's question comes from Elena in Austin, Texas. She says, I place a lot of sentimental value on material things that are, simply put, just things. Well, I don't have any hoarder tendencies. In fact, I love cleaning out closets and drawers and getting rid of all the stuff that piles up. This can make it hard to get rid of certain items when I really should just let go. Oftentimes, this means holding on to things for longer than I should, such as a pair of shoes that I bought for an important time in my life but haven't worn in years. I also sometimes do this with things like greeting cards, concert tickets, travel souvenirs, knickknacks from my childhood, etc., A good example of this can be seen with my car. At 31 years old, I've had the same car since I was 16. After 15 years, I am finally getting a new car. While I am excited for the upgrade, I am having a hard time letting go of the car I've had for so long. It has treated me so well and has been a big part of my life growing into adulthood. I feel almost a sense of responsibility to my car and feel like I should keep it until it finally dies. Do you have any suggestions for letting go and not placing so much sentimental value on material things? Well, I think this is a big question, right? I think people people talk about this all the time. But but first of all, I would say to Elena, you know, I think it's appropriate and part of a happy life to have objects have sentimental value because a, a thing can sort of cause us to remember the people and places and activities that we love. So I don't think I'm not a big I, I, I myself am not a big believer in this idea that you should just get rid of everything and that's going to make you happier. I think there's places for keeping things for sentimental reasons. But I think you want to keep things that are small and manageable. So like mm-hmm. a concert ticket is one thing. A car. <laughs> right. That's a whole other. Right. <laughs> that's yeah. a big commitment. <laughs> you know, um, you know, it's like, oh, here's a playbill or here's my grandfather's roll top desk, you know. Right. Um, so one thing that a lot of people do, and I just did this myself, is to take a picture of it. Like take an amazing picture of your car. Mm. and like put it in a frame or put it in a in a scrapbook or you know so that you remember it so that you feel like oh i I, i'm never gonna forget this car but i don't have to keep the actual car yeah and i also think it helps like with the car i was talking about this recently on the podcast if maybe she's selling it in which case then maybe you can think well someone's gonna have it who could use it or if you give it away to a charity organization it's like you know it's being used so it's val you know you're you're continuing the value of the car as opposed to just you know having it in your garage or something. Yeah, but also when you're when you're thinking about things that have sentimental value, I think they work much better when they're highly curated. And so if you have a whole bunch of stuff, it's like pick the things that are really iconic. Pick the things that are really truly full of meaning. Because sometimes you're just like, oh, I'm just going to hang on to every concert ticket I have or every souvenir I got on this trip. But it's like if you have 15 T-shirts from college, you can pick like the one most meaningful T-shirt and get rid of the other ones. And so by carefully choosing them, I think you can you can limit it, the the, the mass of it to one thing that's really meaningful, because one really meaningful thing that you highlight and engage with is more valuable than a giant box full of stuff that you never look at, because who can be bothered to get the box out of the basement type thing? 
Yeah, what I try to tell myself, because I do the exact same thing. I could have written this email. I mean, I do exactly <laughs> this. I, I yes. like animate objects in my mind. <laughs> is I try to remind myself that I'm just like keeping this stuff for my child to someday throw away when I die. Like, <laughs> I'm never going to look at it again. And it's not going to be seen until I'm dead, basically. And somebody has to go through my belongings, you know, realistically, um, that's where all this stuff goes. Right. Yeah. But it's hard. Cause like I have, for instance, my shoes from my rehearsal dinner, yeah. which were too small when I wore them at my rehearsal dinner and are still too small. I know I'm never going to wear them again, but I just cannot give them away. But see, I feel like there's room for some things like that. Just because something is never used does not mean that it's useless. And it is holds a really right. important memory. Didn't Adam pick out those shoes for you? Like it was a whole. No, I, that was was a different pair of shoes, which I also <laughs> have. The, I know exactly the ones you're talking about. Uh, yes, in episode ten, I think we we went through the shoe that your shoe your shoe memories. Yeah. Um, but the, but they actually do hold hold memories for you. And so I, I think it's just a matter of like get, get, whittling it down to a manageable amount where you really, truly see the things and it does bring back memories. Because a lot of times it's like there's a box of stuff. You never look at it. You don't even remember that you have it. So it's not – it isn't reactivating important memories. Uh, it's just something that you couldn't get rid of and so you've just – you've kept it hanging around. But I wrote this post recently about like seven reasons I disagree with Marie Kondo who wrote uh, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. And um, – I really love her stuff. So I these are why I disagree with her, but I was fascinated by her book and t- learned a lot from it. And one of the things I learned from it, I assume you have not read this book, Elizabeth. I have not. <laughs> yes. Shockingly, I was not drawn to that title. It's not your kind of thing. <laughs> well, I read it for you, for your benefit, so I'll come over and clean your closet. So Thank you. One of the things that Marie Kondo said, and it sounds a little... Funny, but I think it really works, and I think it could work really well for Elena. Is she says to thank your things, and to really have a moment when you say thank you. And so, and she said she has this cute anecdote that she tells about saying thank you to her old phone. She sent a text to her phone saying thanks for everything, heart emoji, and then the phone died. Oh my gosh! And she's like, it's like the phone was like, well, it's been nice working with you, and then the phone never worked again. Mm. And I think maybe as weird as. The sounds. If Elena would sit, just like go put her hand on her car and be like, "Hey, friend, we we've been through so much together. You did an amazing job for me, but now you're gonna like go and be a car for somebody else." Like it's weird how that is very freeing. And Marie Kondo has an example of like when you get a gift that you don't want, you can say to the thing, "You know, you gave me so much joy." Like being the symbol of how somebody wanted to give something to me, and I really enjoyed the excitement of opening you up. But I don't really have a way to use you, so you're going to go be useful to somebody else. But she said, like, this, mm. this, this thankfulness kind of relieves people's feelings of not being able to let go. And I think it sounds kind of uncanny, but I think it is helpful, mm-hmm. strangely. And a lot of people have reported that this thanking your stuff I try that. really does help them. So I throw that out to Elena. I think that might be good. <laughs> Or you can wait for your car door to fall off, which is what happened to you. <laughs> yes. Well, it's, I'm sure Elena's question is one that that is a big one for everybody. So um, she raises a question that I think that is, is really prevalent. Definitely. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
We all carry around different stressors, big and small, and when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Gretchen, when I started my career, therapy really helped me work through all of my stresses so that I was able to concentrate at work and do a good job. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Gretchen Rubin today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Gretchen Rubin. Okay, it's time for demerits and gold stars. And Elizabeth, what is this Eleanor-related demerit you speak of? Well, Gretch, as you know, Eleanor has been at camp. Yeah. For she was there for uh, almost a month, and when she went to camp, I was like, "Oh, are we allowed to send packages?" I wanted to send her a package, partly because when I went to camp, I don't know if you remember, you sent me great care packages mm. where you would like you would hide candy inside a stuffed animal <laughs> yes and you cut out the inside of like an old book and put candy in there and then, you know because <laughs> we weren't supposed to get candy in the mail and it was just so exciting oh my gosh i still remember it like so vividly so i was like oh i'll send eleanor a package that'll be awesome well you know, a month later, I'm sad to report I not only didn't send Eleanor a package, I didn't even email her. You're allowed to email the camp. How much easier could it be? Um, so I just totally failed as an aunt. Well, it's the thing is the time passes so quickly because you're like a month. Oh I'm going to have gosh. so, oh, I've got four weekends. Like, oh, I'll find some cute thing and stick it in the mail. Um, I think this is just a good example of how, like, with stuff like that, you really have to put it in your calendar because... Yes. Things that can be done at any time are often done at no time. And it just, it flips through your mind a few times and you never think of it. And then it's over. We've all been in there. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So next summer, if she goes to camp, yeah, I need to put that on my calendar and, and like do it right away, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, as soon as she goes, rather than just being like, oh, I'll do it in a couple of weeks. Yeah. No, yeah. Not good. So apologies to Eleanor on that front. <laughs> um, now, Gretch, how about a gold star? What's your gold star this week? Well, this gold star is like right in line with Elena's question about sentimental value and how to get rid of things. Because we had this play kitchen, like this big play kitchen, which my girls both played with for years. And it's the prettiest kind of play kitchen I've ever seen. I loved it. Plus, we had all this like fake food and it was this whole thing. But um, I finally realized... It made me broke my heart. It's the end of an era, but it's time to get rid of the play kitchen. And then, of course, I was frantic to get it out of my house because it's so big. I was like, OK, we got it. And I, I found somebody, um, somebody who works with Jamie, who's a good friend and a great colleague who has just has a new baby and a three year old and a six year old. So she's like in the zone of the play kitchen. Mm. And the other day she came and got the play kitchen and Aww. she emailed me like to say thank you. And she said they played with it until they went to bed last night and have been back at it since they woke up at 6 a.m. I didn't realize they were so deprived of kitchen play. And I wrote back, it makes me so happy <laughs> to know that they will have many years of fun with it. It broke my heart to let it go, but this is very comforting. And it did like to this point of like Elena, the sentimental value, I took a picture of it. 
So I have a picture of the play kitchen. And mm. it's like mm-hmm. knowing that these other little kids will really enjoy it. And for us, it was just like sitting on the sidelines and gathering dust. It really helped me to say thank you to the play kitchen. We had so many years of fun with you. And now you're going to go and live with another family who will love you just as much as we did. So it was it was. And now we've got a whole bunch of room (laughs) that we didn't have before. Yeah, it's bittersweet. Yeah. I guess it helps to remember, like, the air is over whether or not you get rid of the kitchen, you know? I mean, just keeping the kitchen doesn't mean they're still little. They're not. Yes. Um, That is a very, very good point. Yes. So good for you, and I'm (laughs) glad that it has a home where it's going to be appreciated. Yes. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Go on an errand date with your sweetheart or a friend. Let us know what your errand date was and if it made you happier. And listeners, remember, we are going to do a very special episode, episode 80, about the Gary Chapman book about the five love languages. So please send us your experiences, your observations, your insights to podcast at GretchenRubin.com or at 774-277-9336. We're very excited to hear about your experiences with the five love languages. And we love getting everybody's wedding readings. So please keep those coming because we're going to talk about them in an upcoming episode. Thank you to our producer, Kristen Meinzer. Also, thanks to Andy Bowers and Laura Mayer of Panoply. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. As always, if you like the show, it really helps us if you tell a friend and subscribe to us on iTunes and rate and review us. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework.